everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's May the 5th. That's also known as Cinco de Mayo. Uh, a lot of people are celebrating it here in California. I guess everywhere. Um, it's, uh, it's time for my private audio call. And tonight, our special guest speaker is Glenn Ambort, back by popular demand. Welcome, Glenn. I'm glad you made it in. <laughs> well, it's an achievement, I gather. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> How are you tonight? Uh, well, I'll be a little better when I calm down here, but uh, I'm here. I'm, okay. I just took my hound out for a walk. I have a little corgi, and she likes to chase the tennis ball, so we've been chasing the tennis ball, and oh. we got back in time. And then we left the ball out there, so we had to go back out again. But she's a dead soldier right beside me, so I'm ready to go. You, 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 you spent all of her energy? <laughs> well, she spent all of hers, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Well, we're on the air. So and... I did that so she wouldn't be barking during the call. Very good. Yes. Mine does that occasionally. He runs out and starts barking. Yeah. But uh, I have my trusty mute button ready to go here. So tonight, what are you going to enlighten us with? Well, I don't know what there is to enlighten uh, your folks about. I don't know what the, what they'd like to hear about. So well, maybe I ought to let them ask. Uh, and well, if I'll anybody has, think? I'll ask them. If anybody has any questions, press star eight. That'll put you up in the queue. But in the meantime, um, I don't know. Uh, IRS issues are always good. Have you learned anything new on that front? Well, yeah, I've been uh, uh, assisting um, the attorneys who have been involved with uh, three attorneys who are defending a um, a tax evasion case in California. And so uh, I've, they, they've been consulting with me from time to time on, you know, my views on things. Uh, which which case are you referring to? Uh, that's the case of um, Bill Bailey versus, uh, well, the United States versus Bill Bailey down in uh, San Diego, California. Okay. I don't, I'm not familiar with that one. Well, but, uh, it's, it's uh, one that's going, it, it uh, went to trial, but... Um, I want to speak politely, but let's just say that, um, uh, how do I phrase this? It was not the outcome that I would like because we didn't have the input that, 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 you know, we had prepared for. Anyway, the long and the short of it is, I don't want to say things on this that will, uh, you know, he's going for sentencing on, um, he lost the case, obviously. He's going for sentencing on uh, June 3rd, so I don't want to say anything that would uh, somehow arrest, somehow back to the IRS. My something is happening with your phone. It's getting like an echo chamber. Is it? Well, it was there. I don't know if that's on my end or your end. Is it still echoing? No, it sounds okay now. Okay, well, maybe I was talking. 
or the IRS was butting in or out. That's really weird. <laughs> is it still is it still is still echoing? No, it stopped, but it it seems to come and go like an echo. Let me do. But um, let me let me ask let, let me, me ask the people else. here. Am I the only one hearing it, or okay, everybody's hearing it? It's at your it's his end. All right, so it's coming from your end. Do you, you're not talking through a speakerphone, are you? No. It, it, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so he's he's going to sentencing on June 3rd. That much, you know, I know. And, um, you know, it's going to be appealed. I don't know who's handling the appeal and all that sort of thing. So I'm a little bit in the dark as to all the particulars at this point. But the bottom line is the, the appellate or the, the trial issue, pre-trial issues and all that were that the government uses a very um, um, complex um, internal procedure to get people like Bill Bailey, Dr. Bailey. I've known him so long that he's given me permission to call him Bill, but um, they use a complex procedure to um, enlist people like him into the tax system. There was a period of time, and this is on the on the on the uh, record, where he didn't file any returns, and um, the IRS filed for him, and so he got those records. And those records show that they had entered some false, made some false entries into the, um, into his individual master file, which I'm sure your, your students are all familiar with. So yeah. he, he he did not um, um, uh, he 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 petitioned for those files, and he and he got some of them. He didn't get all of them, but he got some of them, and they had. Um, and they had uh, essentially what they had done. They would entered a code into the, his that said, said he had filed um, that he had requested them to file a return for him, and that was of course total non. He did, he never did anything like that. So he then asked for um, um, a copy of the computer program that generated that. You know that part of the computer program that generated that and the software documentation behind that to show that um, that, they, that they had committed fraud on that part. And the reason he went through all this was because in a tax evasion case, and he was charged with tax evasion, evasion case, the government has to prove that the tax that he evaded uh, was in fact imposed by the Internal Revenue Code. Well, the Internal Revenue Code is uh, overseen, as, as I'm sure, again, I'm sure your uh, your students all know, is overseen by the uh, Commissioner of Internal Revenue. He's the, you know, he's he's the man, so to speak. It has been a woman at times, but at the current times, man. Um, so he wanted to show that the that the commissioner himself, uh, in this case, uh, does not actually um, generate a, or, or let me put it differently, the the individual who doesn't file um, 
has a blank record in the in the IRS. The IRS keeps all their records on computers in um, Martinsburg, West Virginia, and uh, that's where they what they where they have what is called the master file. And each one of us is assigned, uh, you know, let's say an inch on a magnetic tape, so to speak. Now I don't know whether they keep it on magnetic tape anymore, but just to use an illustration. That magnetic tape would have everybody who owes any taxes to the government, whether they live in Afghanistan, on the moon, in the United States, in Africa, or wherever. Everybody's got, and every corporation's got a, um, you know, one inch, two inches, whatever. And that's called your individual master file. The main computer is a master file, and each individual has an individual portion of it called the individual master file. So... If you don't file for a year, the uh, the individual master file for that year for you doesn't open. They have to have, I don't say they have to have, they can open it any way they want. But as a general rule, the way they open it up is they open it up when a person files a return or the IRS puts a return in there for him. Now, there's two ways that the IRS can put a return in there for him. He didn't put a he didn't put a return in, as I mentioned. They can put one in with the with the um, taxpayer's permission uh, and his request, or they can put one in um, on their own authority. Okay. Well, it so happens that they put one in on their own authority uh, under the, the the code section 6020B, which I'm sure many of your uh, Maybe perhaps all of your uh, students know about 6020B mm-hmm. authority. They don't need his okay or anything like that. Um, but there's also uh, an affidavit on the internet that that a former um, um, revenue officer with the Internal Revenue Service um, took a training class that says that um, the authority to do 6020B returns is limited to employment, excise, and partnership returns. And Dr. Bailey's returns were, were none of those. So he asked for, that is his attorneys, asked for a copy of that Internal Revenue Training Manual or document, if you will. And the IRS, I read their responses because uh, they were sent to me by the attorneys to look at. I read the responses. They didn't say we don't have it. They just kind of hemmed and hawed around it, and the and the and the judge would not give it to them. So he his his primary defense, which was, hey, if the if the secretary of the of the uh, commissioner of internal revenue um, uses the 6020b return to enter me into the uh, the individual master file, and his own document says that he can't do that. I have a right to use that in my defense. In other words, what he was trying to do was to say, hey, this this tax that you say is imposed on me wasn't imposed at all because if you can't use a 6020B return, there's no way to get me into the computer. And they, the government, I got to tell you, <laughs> in a very spring dance around that, uh, around that, that uh, request, uh, discovery request from the government, they never did come up with it, and uh, the judge let it let it let it go and uh, didn't do anything about it. So, 
that will be his main defense upon appeal, I believe. Now, you know, I'm I'm not the I'm not an attorney or there and certainly not his attorney, but in talking with the with the um the um attorneys, that seems to be the direction they're gonna go in. So basically he didn't get a fair trial, but he's being sentenced in June and um I'm sure that the judge who's been fairly fairly not not so friendly with him will probably put him away while he appeals and he may his attorneys may go to the uh, Ninth Circuit. He's in the Ninth Circuit. He may go That's to the right. Ninth Circuit and attempt to get um him uh, released pending pending the appeal of the case. It's a hard thing to do and and the government usually has all the cards on their side, so it'll be interesting to see if that really plays out that way or not. But that's that's basically where that case is. So a 6020B return is, because it, it says here I'm on the Cornell Law site, right. uh, returns prepared for or executed by secretary. And it says here 6020A, preparation of return by secretary. And then B, it says execution of return by secretary. But um, doesn't the person have to file a return or give permission, like you said, or give information before they can file a return for you? Well, yeah, that's that's the whole point that... (laughs) that uh, Dr. Bailey was trying to make that uh, he, you know, or is it, I should say, when I say Dr. Bailey, I, I obviously I mean, mean, mean his attorneys. His attorneys were trying to make the point in their discovery, Your Honor, because, I, again, I read the, the, um, the discovery uh, material and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, said, Your Honor, if, if, if the government has to lie to get him, you know, um, based on what I just, was just talking about, if the government has to lie um to get him into the uh into the individual tax system that is a fact that we should be able to present to the jury to say look this this tax that you say i evaded speaking as dr bailey that i evaded is is not imposed or doesn't appear to be imposed because the secretary himself in his computer program does not allow it to be entered uh without the permission of the, the return to be entered without the permission of the taxpayer. He never gave it. And the reason for that must be that, that the secretary himself, again, as I say, it, it, they're individual uh, males at this point, but there have been females um, um, commissioners. Uh, if the individual, if he can't, the commissioner can't put it in himself without lying, there must be some reason for that. Either he's incompetent and doesn't know what he's doing or there's something in the in the code that he interprets as not allowing him that is the secretary uh, the commissioner not allowing him to uh, to impose a tax on somebody to uh, who has uh, not filed a return and if he's not if that if that's the case then um the premise of the indictment you have to have evaded a tax imposed by this title, Title 26, Internal Revenue Code, falls by the wayside because there is no tax imposed by the Internal Revenue Code according to his his uh, practices in the um, 
in the individual master file computer system that we just talked about. So that's that's kind of where they're where they wanted to go with the case at trial, but the the judge simply would not allow or would not require, I should say is a better word, would not require the government to respond to the discovery request they made. And believe me, they made it several times loud and clear, so they certainly have preserved that issue for appeal. But that's what it's going to go. If he does win the case, and I say if, you know, that's a big if. If he does win the case, it'll be because, well, they can reverse the case and retry him and, and beat him and beat him the second time. But if he does win this part of the appeal, it'll be because he was denied a fair trial by the the government. And and I got to I got to take a side here and say, you talk about the government, uh, dare I say, lying without without you know the house coming down on top of me. Uh, you know they they just, I mean, just bald faced lies. Um, and I, yeah. <laughs> even though I had that. gone to jail and, and spent nine years in prison and all that sort of thing, which, you know, that's water under the bridge. Um, I was appalled at the lies that they would make in this case. I saw it. I've been watching it for two and a half years, almost three years. It'll be three years in August. Um, uh, two and a half years. I was appalled at the at the out and out rise, uh, lies that a United States uh, and its representatives would make before the court and the court. God bless the court. The court uh, either did not understand the lies, which is entirely possible, or allowed the government just to get away with it. It was the latter, I can guarantee you that. It was just flat out, flat out lies. And I, even though I'd been in prison and seen a lot of stuff inside the prison, trust me, uh, I did not think that we we had come to the point where they would just flat out and out lie. But (laughs) I was sorely disappointed. They did did lie indeed, and uh, they lied and cheated uh, every which way from thunder. So... That's how the case is. It's it's a shame that that Dr. Bailey will have to go through the appeal process to see if he can get this straightened out. Because knowing appeals as I as I do from when I was in prison, I helped a, you know a number of people out and with their legal work, which you can do as a as a um, as a as an inmate. You can't do it when you're outside. You can't help people with their legal stuff and so forth. But when you're an inmate, you can, oddly enough. And the reason for that is that there, there's nobody around to help them. So the Supreme Court has ruled that uh, that uh, they they have to have some some kind of legal counsel, and either the 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 prison has to provide it, or if they don't, then other inmates who have a little bit of knowledge can uh, can help them out. And so that's generally the the case. The prisons don't help these guys out. And they go looking for, you know, jailhouse lawyers. Yeah. Namely me, <laughs> namely guys like me, you know. So we're the uh, we're the counsel uh, inside the prisons. Well, that's too bad so about I, him. I know I'm... that that these these cases take a long time. And what what I'm concerned about, and I've told the attorneys this, what I'm concerned about is that uh, that poor old Bill will be hanging by. 
you know, his threads, so to speak. Uh, and by the time he wins, he may have already served all of his time. I have seen that happen when I was in prison, where people would 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 appeal, and they would grind, 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 grind. And by the time the grinding was done, and they had won, and they don't win often, but when they had won, they had, uh, congratulations, you won as you were walking out the door. Oh, by the way, Mr. Ambor, did you know you just won your case? Oh, after I spent nine years, thank you very much. <laughs> it's a crazy system. It's a crazy system, and I, I don't, I don't hate my government and so forth and so on. I'm, and that, that's a little bit why, and I, I, I don't want to get too far off topic. That's a little bit why, like old Trump, I know he's, he's not, he's not an ideal candidate or anything like that, but. Somebody needs to to do something to change the the mentality that goes on inside. You know, lying, lying, cheating, cheating, cheating. I mean, maybe he'll get in lying, cheat as much as anybody else. I can't say he won't or will, but I, I I would like to see somebody else get in and see if we can't change it. Because right now, Angela, to be to be to be very very honest with you, and and again, not not better or anything like that. We have an absolute corrupt government. Uh, when it comes to rights for the citizens. Now, if IBM is suing Microsoft, hey, you might get a fair day in court and all that sort of thing. But when it's the little guy up against the big man with a big hammer naming the government and so forth, hey, your, your, your chances of getting a fair hearing before a judge today is, 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 is slim and none. And it isn't always because the judges are corrupt. It's because they have been so brainwashed and so conditioned and so, you know, the the PR system of the government is so effective that uh, they honestly may, may believe that uh, what they were doing uh, from the bench was correct, but it's not, and especially in the case of taxes. You're not going to get a judge to, to go up against the government. Anyway, I'm probably getting away from the, the main topic, so I don't want to. Okay. No, not at all. I'm interested in hearing you. I, in the meantime, I was looking over some of the web, well, the government's websites <laughs> about talking about him, saying he owes three hundred thousand dollars, and you know, the, well, he may he may owe, he may owe three billion, but why don't we do it in an honest way? You yeah, know, well. I'm not saying that Bill Bill does no taxes. He may owe he may owe a fortune in taxes, but they ought to be able to do it in a way that's honest. That's all I'm. Oh saying. yeah, but they if don't. You, if you honestly, if you honestly owe a bunch of taxes, and he may, I'm not, I'm not here to say he doesn't. If he does, if he, if he does owe a bunch of taxes, then the government ought to have a way to do it in, in, in a manner that is honest, and is above board, and, and gives the guy every chance to contest it as best he can, or she, and. Um, Go on with that, but I don't think you ought to put a guy in a, in a, in a in a uh, tax situation where the government has to lie to get him in there. To me, that's 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 not that's not the America that I grew up thinking about. You know, yeah. I mean, the America that I grew up thinking about is 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 unfortunately, I must say, that's long past. You know, I was <laughs> I remember saying to to my attorneys uh, when we were, you know. Um, messing with this stuff way back in the day. Uh, there'll never be a trial because they don't have a case because the government has lied and lied, 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 lied. And I, Angela, 
As I live and breathe, I actually believed with all my heart and soul that we had, you know, a man could count on on due process and all the other good things that we think about when we think about this nation. I really believe that. Well, we all believed that at one time, I'm sure. You know, we all grew up believing that anyway until we found out otherwise. Well, I, you know, some people like Bill and like me um, had to, I say had to, I've already got him in prison, uh, had to go through... um, a very steep learning curve. And, and I, I had to go through the, the, you know, nine years of that. Um, and actually about 22 years under the gun of the IRS. Cause they, they, they raided me back in 1992. So it took, took them a long time to get me in prison, but they finally did. When you uh, say they raided you. What exactly do you mean? Oh yeah. I, I had um, offices in Nevada and Oregon and Utah and um, the IRS came in guns drawn and so forth and so on raided uh, my house, uh, you know, uh, via at Armis, as they say, you know, with a force of arms and so forth. And, uh, and I wasn't there. I was on a, I was on a road trip at the point at that point. And um, so actually wasn't at the uh, at the um, the scene, but um, they they raided uh, my my home in Nevada, in um, Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, for eight hours with about eight or nine, you know, agents from the Internal Revenue Service and so forth. And uh, um, seized our books and computers. Because what they're after in those kind of cases, it's always the same. I don't care whether it's us or the, you know, Larry B. Kraft or anybody else. If they raid one of your clients, they're always after the mailing list. Why? Because once they get the mailing list, then they start going right down the row and getting all those people in because all those people have probably followed some kind of airbrain scheme, uh, which, you know, they, they attributed us to. Um and they want to go in there and uh, teach you who's the boss. Is that what they did? They got your mailing list? Oh, heck, yes. They went after the mailing list like thunder. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that that's the game. They get the mailing list, and once they got the mailing list, then then they got agents busy for the next five years, you know, just going <laughs> after everything, everything yeah. in their dog and cat and so forth and so on, and... Uh, Putting all kinds of frivolous penalties. Oh, it just—it's a—it's an absolute field day for them when they mm-hmm. when they get a hold of your mailing list. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what they did. Now they did one. Now this is all part of the record, so I'm not I'm not I'm not blasting out anything that nobody doesn't know anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, they um, they also seized um, um. Our bank account, and we had over a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm betting about a hundred and ten thousand dollars or something like that. They seized it all. Wow! But they didn't do it till the next morning. Well, the next morning, uh, this is just this doesn't help you with the IRS, but it's just sort of entertaining to say that sometimes they do lose. Uh, the next morning, um, at 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 nine o'clock, I was at the. Um, uh, the uh, Bank of America 
in um, Santa Rosa, California. And I stood in line, and and uh, I had signature authority over the account. And uh, when it came my turn, I put my, you know, debit card on there. I, I think it was a Visa card or something like that. Put my debit card on there, and the lady says, what, what can I do for you, Mr. Ambord? And I says, I would like to with, make a withdrawal. She says, how much cash withdrawal? She says, how much would you like to withdraw? I said, $100,000. And she says, I beg your pardon? Yeah. And I says, $100,000. She says, Mr. Ambert, we don't have that much cash in in the bank. I says, well, how much do you have? <laughs> and she went back and looked. She says, just, just one second, let me check. She came back and says, well, we can give you about 35000 Anyway, the end, the end result, they ended up giving me about, um, let's see, $50,000 in cash. $25,000 in a certified check and $25,000 in money orders. So I walked out and and the we later heard through the uh through the IRS uh you know stuff at the trial and all that sort of thing that they had gone in and um the next day that is the day that I was there and they had asked the branch manager to pull out the hundred and ten thousand dollars, and he did. They got all hundred and ten thousand. I only got a hundred thousand. They got a hundred and ten thousand, and they uh, gave him gave him the hundred and ten thousand dollars. Meanwhile, they had given me a um, hundred thousand dollars. So they had given out two hundred twenty thousand dollars for an account that only had a hundred ten in it. Oh my! They later. Oh yeah, I was. I didn't know about that till later when I did. When I did find out about it. <laughs> so what happened? There were some pre-trial hearings, and um, they brought that up. And they said, "Well, Mr. Amber, isn't it true that you went and got all this money out?" Blah blah blah. And I said, "Oh yes." I said, "Well, that 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 defeated the the IRS." I said, "Hey, you guys were dumb. I was smart." <laughs> of course when it came to sentencing time they played it back to me well now who's so smart now and so forth so i mean i i did i did a lot of time in prison um uh you know relative yeah. to you know the kind of stuff that i that i did mm-hmm. but the reason why it was fairly easy for me is i didn't take it too seriously i mean i took it seriously i was in there under clamps and irons and all that sort of thing you know and uh, one time I went to the hospital and they had to put, when I went to the hospital, they uh, they um, put um, two guards on me. And here, here's the guy that my, I'd, I'd had, I had a, some kind of attack. I don't know what the heck it was. Anyway, the long and the short it was that uh, my blood pressure went down to 52 over 26 and they had me in the emergency room. This is when I was in prison in Waseca, wow. Minnesota. And they, um, they closed down the the uh, the the uh, prison, you know, because because they they were going to wheel me out in the wheelchair. I mean, in the uh, you know, on a um, I'd say a platter. It's just about like a platter. Um, uh, they they wheel me out and a gurney. Yeah, that's what you call it. Well, um, so um, that is a good time for those who are so inclined. If they see a guy on a on, on a gurney and didn't like him, to stab him. 
so they have a policy that when when you, when they take somebody out of the prison like that, they always shut the prison down, so that nobody can go in and uh, do their dirty deed. I mean, there's all sorts of things you learn in prison. Of course, you know they're not not terribly interesting, but they, they do happen. Um, Gary. So when I went to prison, I had uh, three, uh, two, two prison guards on me, and they came out and, you know, uh, shotguns when I was leaving, and, I, and they had me shackled to the gurney and shackled in the hospital. And I said, "And where's the guy with 50, 56 over, 52 over 26 blood pressure? Where am I going to run to? And how far will I get?" I said, "We we know that, Ambor, but mm-hmm. we get overtime for this, so you know we're happy to do it." I said, "I'll bet you guys are." I said. You're scamming the government, aren't you, and so forth. And and I got along really, really well and very easily in prison because I never I never took it real seriously. I just, you know, it's it's a game that they won at that level, and uh, and I I understood that. I mean, I'm I'm um, you know I'm not that dumb. I may be dumb, but not that dumb. Um, and uh, you just you just you know you just uh, See the game for what it is, and just move on with it. In fact, when I went, when I got to, when I got to um, my halfway place in, in probation, my uh, my my probation officer says, "Why don't you just ask for uh, for the judge to to cut your time in half?" And dude, I didn't know any difference, so I put in a request for the judge to do that. Sure enough, the judge granted it, and. Uh-huh. Um, because, because Angela, he knew I believed. Now this is my belief. He knew that I was never a criminal. But at the time, he had to do what he had to do because that's what he has to do to to keep his job. You know, he's not going to be a judge if he lets people like me walk. Yeah. You know? So the whole game, the whole system is really. Um, Based on fraud, in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and the judges, in a way, kind of know it, but they've got to play the game. So here's the game, and poor old Bill Bailey is right now in the middle of a bad game, and you know he's got a family. I didn't have a family, so it was easier on me. What kind of doctor is he? If you don't mind, do that. I'm what sorry. kind of what kind of a doctor is he? He's a, what, a what? Dio, uh, a doctor of osteopathy, is it? Oh, okay. He can he can prescribe drugs and this and that and the other thing and so forth. But he believes, and he does. He he does standard you know medicine and so forth. Mm-hmm. He's not uh, way way out on the edge. But he's a uh, he's a very very you know he's been in this battle a long long time against these these guys. And 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 I guess he was making noise. I never knew him from before, so I don't. I mean, I don't pretend to know every bit about his background, but. Uh, but he's been up against him for 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 a considerable number of years, and um, um, I think they they just grew weary of him and decided to uh, put him down. Mm-hmm. And of course they and, and you know I hate to say it, but they did. They're they're very effective at that. I mean I have no illusions that they're a lot stronger than I am. They got more guns and everything else right. than I do. I'm not. I don't recommend anybody going up against him in a, in a Viet Armist. You're not going to get very far. In fact, you're going to be put down pretty hard. 
but uh, it it is it is a, it is a game and it's a, it's a terrible game because it's so it's so dare I use the words it's so unrighteous. Yeah. You know. Well, I think it's um I don't know. I don't think too many people win when they go to court to fight the IRS. But it, it isn't because it isn't because they're not they're not right. And, right, uh, right. Many many the, the more right you are, the more they have to put you down. Look, if you were going in there and saying I don't owe taxes because um, you know the 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 cheese on the on on the moon is green or something like that, they just kind of smirk at you know and say, you know, oh boy's gone round the bend one too many times you know or something like that, but. If you uh, go in there and you say something that is is maybe somewhat close to the truth about taxes, then they really have to hammer you because if the word gets out on that, you know, it's going to be very, very bad for them, you know. So yep. that's the thing. The, the closer you are to the target, the more they're going to hammer you. If a guy is very close to unraveling the... Uh, the 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 uh, codes inside the computer, all that sort of the kind of things that Dr. Bailey's attorneys were doing, and and he had done through much of his research. Uh, if he was very close to that, and it appears he was, the they're going to they're going to hoot and howl and so forth, and that's why they lied about the um, that's why they lied about the uh, the the um, Tax codes and all that sort of thing, and they and they misrepresented to, in in my opinion, from what I saw, they misrepresented to the uh, judge what uh, what discovery they had and what they were obliged to give him, but they, they never did give it to him. Oh, that was the that was my little hound barking because outside there was somebody dra- dragging some stuff. Winnie, 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 oh, that's geez. enough. That's enough, sweetie. Sweetie, you're a good dog. I. I heard you. You got the, you got the burglars. Maybe, maybe she thought the IRS is coming in the back door. Yeah. She's cute. She's a year and a half, and she's the cutest thing in the world. I never thought. Oh. Good thing I don't have kids, because if I love a dog this much, God knows what I would do with kids. You know, probably. Oh no, them. you love the animals more. Well, not more, but they're more like they stay children. They're not. They never grow up as far as they go. I mean, I love my dog too. I love Do my you? son, but he's 45 years old. Yeah. My dog is four, and I just love him like he's a baby. But anyway, oh yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. <laughs> well, she's she's just like that. She just and she's she's got to have her say she uh, she she plays with that ball all day and all night and just has the greatest time. And of course, she plays with it a lot more than I want to play with it sometimes. But hey, that's what you yeah. do if you have a child, huh? <laughs> yeah. But they're wonderful. They keep your blood pressure oh, down. <laughs> but I, I but, um, admire, you know, I admire Bill Bailey. I admire him enormously for the, for the great, uh, great stance he's taken and so forth. And um, and I hope he does well. And and I'll be there to assist his attorneys if they want me to when when that point comes. If Who that's was the way his they... attorney? Uh, he had um, uh, David Michael. And Scott Gross and Edward Birch, um, two of them were from California. One of them, one of them is a um, is a protege, or was trained by, or somehow related to, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly how, to uh, Michael Minns. Oh, okay. He's trained by Michael Minns. He's a winner. 
Yeah, Michael Mims is a is a very big attorney down in um, in Houston, I believe. Is that where he is? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right though in what you're saying, especially if you're telling the truth and you learn something that they don't want you to know. They'll put. I mean, look at Lindsay Springer and Oscar Stoey, you know, and they came up with the Paperwork Reduction Act, and they were using it to make their case, and the government shut them up for 20 years or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, and it was all lies. But, you know, speaking of that, and it's a little bit off topic, I, I remember, um, I'm old enough to remember, you know, years and years and years ago, where marijuana, I, I don't I don't happen to, to smoke marijuana, and, and I think it was in my 30s, I might have toked on about eight or ten uh, joints, but I've never, you know, much cared for it. But um, I remember one time reading that a guy had gotten, as I recall, he had been sentenced to um, uh, 15 years, I believe it was. Anyways, a long period of time, I thought, for smoking marijuana down in uh, Texas. And I thought, uh, how how cruel, you know, to put a guy away for, for you know, that period of time. But they did. And today, now, everybody's going legal with it, you know. And why was it that a guy was a criminal, you know, 25 years ago for smoking a joint or having a few joints on him? But today he's not, if he happens to be in the state of Washington or California for medical marijuana and all that sort of thing. So, so our... the. The government has just gone crazy with a lot of this stuff, you know. And yeah. taxes are the same. The the I don't want to, you know, um, a radio talk show is not probably the best place to carry on about um, all the intricacies of the tax code and stuff like that. But the the truth of the matter is, is that anybody who who makes a serious study of the Internal Revenue Code will find that. Uh, that you don't, you know, they can't put that that tax on, and don't put that tax on normal people's uh, earnings and stuff like that. Um, who is it? Pete Hendrickson um, and uh, Ralph Winterrude up in uh, Alaska, and Pete, I think, is in Michigan, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are a number of people who have, uh, you know, different theories and stuff like that, and. And the reason I think there are different theories is that, you know, you can approach this thing in so many different ways, you know. Uh, but um, the uh, if if you study the, the tax code, you know, diligently, you'll find that, that they do not actually put that tax on people. But the government goes out there and says that they do. And, of course, the judges fall in line. And again, I don't say the judges are corrupt because um, I don't have enough, you know, factual knowledge to make that statement. But I do know that uh, that the government uh, absolutely lies about this stuff. And I know that uh, that 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 the they've done it so effectively that what was a lie before now and now becomes the truth or accepted doctrine, and and uh, they just. You know, let people fly with it. And I like like Bill Bailey and uh, like many others, uh, more famous than than any of us, uh, have have gone up against him and uh, 
and, you know, thinking that the truth would set you free. Well, the truth may set you free eventually, but it doesn't set you free right away and necessarily in this lifetime, you know. So um, people like Bill Bailey uh, probably end up uh, having to pay a a very big price for uh, trying to get the truth out there to the for themselves and for 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 the people as a whole, and it's a shame to see that happen. But it that is what he's going through, and uh, maybe some of your people have gone through the same thing. I don't know. Oh sure. Yeah. But anyway, what else can I tell you about it? I think I'm going on and on. <laughs> Winnie, Winnie, now we've got it. We, I'm on the phone, sweetie. No, you can't get on the phone. You're not on. You don't have a you don't have a good password. Eat your, your cookies here. Yeah. Okay, she's gonna settle down, maybe. <laughs> oh boy. Are we on? Am I still on? Yes, you're still on. Um next week, let's see here. Next week we're gonna have on do you know um Bob McNeil. Glenn? Hey. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Do you know Bob McNeil? Um, Winnie. Behave, sweetie. Um, um, is that, is, is he down in Texas? Uh, I believe so. He ran for office. For oh yes, yes, yes. I know, I I know, I know Bob Robert. I I know him as Robert, but Bob is his, okay. his correct. Name. Yeah, he just he's going to be on next week with his lawyer Michael Ellis. They're going to be talking Michael, about his Michael's case. Not an, uh, yeah, Michael's not a, not an attorney, but uh, he's, oh, he's not. Uh, oh, I thought he was a lawyer attorney. Well, no, he uh, he might, he might end up being a lawyer by the time he finishes his case because he's doing so much work on it and stuff like that. Oh, maybe Michael I misunderstood. Ellis, well, it's all right. Uh, you know, you won't go to prison for that. Not just yet, anyway. Maybe next week. Uh, but uh, Michael is a very, very, a very uh, intelligent guy, and uh, done a lot of uh, good work in the um, in the field of the uh, individual master files and all that sort of thing. And he is the one who I credit with coming up with uh, with a great deal of the. Um, scam that's going on behind the scenes with the um individual master file kind of thing. Mm. Uh he is the he is the the go-to man on that on that topic. Oh, uh, that should be an interesting call. Oh yeah, he's he's very very good about that. Uh, Michael is and I I give him lots of credit. He uh he taught me a lot of things and uh you know, um I I I admire what he's I, I admire the work he's doing. Oh, good. So I'm glad. I'm glad to see you're you're having him. He ha, he will have a lot to uh, to share with you in a in a good way. Good, good. Yeah, it's our first time with both of them, Michael and. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Michael, uh, uh, Bob, um, uh, Elliot, um, uh, or is it El- Ellis? Uh, no, Michael Ellis and Robert McNeil. Yeah. Um, uh, filed some documents that um, that 
that play right into this uh, sort of thing right. I was talking about. And, that, and actually, yeah, that's why defense, I brought it up because yeah, it sounds the like the defense yeah. that uh, Bill Bill Bailey used was in large measure based upon a great deal of the research that Michael Ellis himself did um, way back in the day. So there is a you know meeting of the minds, so to speak, on that topic, but. Uh, you couldn't have anybody much better than uh, than those two on the program. They're they're very uh, very uh, well you know spoken in that in in that dimension, and uh, I think you'll you'll have a, a very good show with them and stuff like that. Yeah, I think so too. I'm looking forward. Yeah, they're to... they're they're excellent, uh, and um, he'll talk to you about. <laughs> Michael will talk probably in a more. Um, how shall I say it, a more uh, spirited manner about the corruption inside the government than, than maybe I will. Um, but he is uh, he is uh, very knowledgeable in this area, and like I said, uh, you'll have a, a very good listen to with him. So I, encourage, I, I would encourage as many of your folks as can spare the time and the energy and so forth to get on to to do that because it will it, it will be a a period of time that you'll really like I say really enjoy. We had um, last week, or not last week on the when, when was it? A um, couple of weeks ago, we had on. Um, do you know Sir David Andrew? Sir David Andrew, I can't say as I do. Oh my gosh, that call went on for five hours, and he's going to be on again on the nineteenth. Because he had so much to say. I mean, this guy is so full of information. It was really enlightening. I enjoyed it. Did you hear wow. that one? Do you ever listen to my calls? <laughs> uh, I can't get on tonight. Oh, you see how I couldn't get on tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, you can go back and get the archives, the audios. But I know it's, okay. it, you got to have time to do that. Because, I was that was say, an interesting I would, call. Yeah, what I would rather do is if, I can read so much faster than I can than I can listen. You know that people don't talk as fast as I can listen. Right. So if somebody has a transcript, I'd love to go through that kind of thing and, and and so forth. But I know to put things on transcript also takes a lot of time. So I don't. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if anybody has transcribed yeah. it. Well, if if you do, if you do come across it, let me know. I'd love to. Okay. But I think the Michael Ellis and uh, Michael Ellis and. Um, and Bob, Bob will be uh, will be will be uh, very very educational for your audience, and uh, I I think you you could not help but uh, enjoy it immensely. Yeah, they're yeah. two two very very great guys. And uh, like I said, Michael is uh, he's very excited about his uh, views on the government and so forth. So uh, you'll oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> You know, to come across an attorney that still has excitement left in him, that's pretty good. Well, he's not an attorney. He's he's not an attorney, but... Oh, uh, that's right. You keep reminding me that. I'm sorry. Well, maybe a legal advisor. Well, he's very very well educated in this area. Let's just put that way, so... That's wonderful. yeah, Yeah, he's very... He's extremely well educated in this area, and I think that you will have... Nothing but a great time with uh, with him. So I encourage your 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 uh, folks to uh, get on that if they can if they can if they can make the time to do that. 
thank you. I hope so, too. Yeah. So what else is going on over there? Well, I've been I've been devoting a great deal of time to, you know, I'm 76 years old um, and uh, ride on a bicycle around, round and round and round. Well, that's good uh, for you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have uh, I went to the VA here recently and uh, well, it was a little couple of years ago anyway. And, uh, you know, they, they usually put you through uh, a pre-screening with, uh, with one of the gals and stuff like that who, you know, does all your blood work and this and that and the other thing. And then the doc comes in. It's a lady doctor I had. And um, she said, well, Ms. Dramborn, your blood and this and that, and everything is good and so forth. And she says, uh, what drugs are you on? What medications are you on? I said, I'm not on any, doc. Not any? I says, no, not any. Says, well, I look here and your your blood work is right and it does. How do you stay so healthy? I says, Doc, I stay healthy by staying away from people like you. (laughs) And she says, I'm not such a bad person. I says, oh, you're not a bad person standing there right now, but I've seen people like you with knives in their hands and I stay away from people with knives. She says, I don't have a knife in my hand right now. I says, no, but put me under ether, a little laughing gas and so forth, and scalpels and knives and saws will come out. I'll come out with a leg missing or something like that. Who knows? That's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, that uh, so there was an article that just came out about that, that doctors. Oh, they cut they, off the wrong leg. I mean, well, they make mistakes, and, yeah, they, they're the third leading cause of death after cancer. And yep, I'm very, very, very well acquainted with that. And and the reason I was I was uh, sort of leading into this a little bit is I've been reading a great deal of work by one um, uh, doctor. And I wish you could get him on your show, Doctor um, Thomas Levy, L-E-B-Y. He's got. You can go onto the webs on, onto YouTube. Put in. Thomas Levy or anything like that, you'll see a lot of He also has a website called peakenergy.com, peak, P-E-A-K, energy.com. Anyway, um, go on there. He is just, what I like about him, Angela, is that he takes uh, difficult concepts um, in the medical field and breaks them down in, with, re- with great ease and um, uh, explains, begins to explain what is going on in your life with, uh, with all this stuff and so forth and so on. Anyway, um, so I've been spending a great deal of time on that and because, one, I, you know, thanks to people like uh, Michael Ellis and other people, John Benson, whom I studied with for a long, long time and who passed away, of course, um, I've learned a great deal about uh, the taxes, enough that I, I feel I have a pretty good handle on it, you know, sufficient for my needs. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for the next great venture, so to speak. And um, health seems to be something that, uh, you know, is worth looking into because it's also another area where, surprise, surprise, there's a lot of lying going on. A lot of lying and deceit and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That probably comes as a great shock to you, I know. I know. 
And uh, what Dr. Levy does is he is um, he is of a similar mindset, and he basically tells you without without uttering the words that the medical profession and the drug and and the druggy profession or the the uh, drug company professions they're just lying to you for profits. Right. And one of the easiest uh, products to use that, that covers such a wide, wide array of things is vitamin C. Mm. You know, a, a, a cheap old vitamin like vitamin C, I mean, he gets on there and he talks about it. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I don't claim to be the expert in this area, so I'm not going to, you know, ballyhoo that stuff. But you can go on and read the, 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 the site that I mentioned yourself. But um, it uh, apparently has the enormously good effects on on uh, all kinds of uh, 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 infection, inf- infections and so forth and so on, even to the point of that if you can get a person right after he gets a snake bite, it'll, it'll get rid of the snake bite. It'll neutralize uh-huh. the snake bite. The Vitamin snake C. Vitamin C, you know, in, in large doses, you got to you got to do mega doses. You can't, you know, be real tepid about it. You got to. Right. So, what does he away. recommend as a daily uh, dosage for just general he uses consumption? Is, he uses what is called the bowel tolerance method, and that is, uh, I'm I'm getting way off taxes, but you know if if you guys are interested, and in I'll I'll talk about it because it's it's very very extremely fast um, fascinating sounds a little bit light. Uh, it's extremely uh, vital to to somebody my age. I mean I I bike around on a bicycle 25 30 miles in a day. I don't take any vitamins. I mean I don't yeah I take I take a number of vitamins. Uh, I don't I don't have any drugs. Uh, you know I. So what does he recommend as a daily dosage for vitamin C? I know you're getting back to that, and I'm just, and I'm and I'm trying to give you the answer, but in in the way that he gives it. <laughs> D- different ones of us will have different needs. Oh. You may you and I'm not going to go down that line and leave you hanging at the end, but you may you may be fighting off um, a serious. Infection, okay, just just as an example. So your but need provides. What if I'm not fighting off a serious infection and I'm fine? Then what he recommends you do is you take enough vitamin C that um, you approach what they call bowel tolerance. That is where you just before you you feel like you're, if you don't hit the bathroom pretty quick, you're gonna you're gonna be uh, out of running room, so to speak. Oh, I see. Your system. What will happen is when you take enough vitamin C to uh, satisfy your body, the rest of it or a great deal of it will go into the uh, – now, this is what I get from his reading, okay? This is not my own stuff. Uh, it will go into, it'll go into the, um, your uh, bowel, your, your, your intestine, and your intestines will, will attract water and more water than it can hold, and then it'll do what is called a C flush, vitamin C, and it'll flush it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And he says that's actually good because, because in, that, in that case, what it's doing is it is uh, flushing your um, uh, poisons out of your system and all that sort of thing. So, so that's what you've got to do. But, but what, you ought to, what, what any of your, your, uh, your, your um, 
members ought to do, and I, and I say this seriously with great love in my heart, um, what they ought to do is they ought to read. Is you know, there's some books you can. I don't think any of these books are free, but there you can you can you can read a. Uh, they're not very they're not very expensive either. Um, uh, you ought to read 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 his books. Uh, they're they're so good. The most recent one that I've read, and you can get it on Kindle. Do you know do you know what Kindle is? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. You can get it on Kindle. I think it's about twelve bucks. And it's very good because I think it's the most recent one, and it kind of summarizes a lot of his others. So that would save you. I've read th- uh, three of its others beforehand, so this is the fourth one I'm reading. But um, um, if you read read that, you'll find that he um, uh, summarizes his his uh, teachings and so forth in there, and uh, does a really excellent job. And what he says is the grand theory of, um, of vitamin vitamin C is that it, um, let me see if I can say this without stepping on my words. Um, vitamin C um, produces or is, is willing to give up electrons to, to, uh, it's an it's an electron donor, okay, and what that means is that it will donate electrons, and that he says you'll find if you if you go into the literature and you do do some study, you'll find that all all disease, and I hope I'm saying this right, that all disease um, comes about when. Um, your your body gets out of balance because of of an imbalance in electron flow. Okay, okay. and and um, the um, like, for example, if you have iron in your system and um, uh, hydrogen peroxide, which your which your body I believe your body produces it anyway. It gets in there somehow. I don't know how, but I think it produces it. Um, I haven't finished all the books, as you can tell. Um, uh, And iron um, can get in there with hydrogen peroxide and create something something called the, um, um, what do they call it? The Fenton reaction. Fenton reaction. And a Fenton reaction is something that... uh, that is, uh, it's the most, I think, about the most highly poisonous thing that you can put in your body. Oh wow! This, this, this Fenton's reaction. You get vitamin C in there, and vitamin C will neutralize, uh, will neutral, will help neutralize, um, you know, what went on, what went on with that iron uh, oxide, that iron, uh, uh, extra iron in there, and so forth. So there's a whole lot of stuff, and I, obviously I'm I'm a little bit uh, tongue-tied, not being able to <laughs> recite quite properly. But you said his name was Thomas Levy. 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 Yeah. yeah. Levy. I'll look him I don't up. Know. Look him up, and if you like it, I think you might be able to get him on your show. That'd be good. Uh, if you need a, if you need any help with that, let me know. I'd be glad to. I've got a little bit of a. I don't say I've got a back door, but I do have sort of a little bit of a back door to him. Uh, okay. I've never talked with him, never meet him, but 
I know people who know him who you know one of those okay. kind of things. Sure. So I would be I would be glad to run a little bit of interference for you see if we couldn't if you couldn't get him on your show I think he would be an absolute delight and uh he'll he'll show you how it can um help um people with heart attacks, uh cancer, all kinds of things that So let me ask knew. you this. How much yeah. vitamin C do you take a day? Sounds like the same question in a different way, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I want sure an answer. You, you, sure, you, you sure you weren't an attorney in a past life? No, never. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> you wouldn't have, You wouldn't own up to it. Uh, I take um, two grams of lipo, uh, uh, lipo-encapsulated, lipospheric, Lipoencapsulated vitamin C. That's a special kind of vitamin C. Two grams. That's what. That's like. Was that? Is that two thousand milligrams? Two thousand milligrams. I take two grams, and I take about uh, between uh, around uh, twelve to thirteen grams orally. Oh wow! Okay. In powder, you know, in powder, I get it through uh, Amazon, and they have a a, a group of uh, uh, vitamins there. Yeah. Uh, under bulk supplements, B-U-L-K supplements. They're dirt cheap and they're very good and very pure. I also take, um, have you ever heard of Linus Pauling, Dr. Linus Pauling? Oh, sure. Well, you've heard of polio, haven't you? Yes, of course. <laughs> and you and you probably have seen people walking around who have suffered the crippling effects of polio, right? I have. I One of my relatives, Okay. Um, I remember when I was a little girl, um, I saw on TV the image of someone with polio, and they were in an iron lung. Iron lung. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I lived with a relative. I don't see those uh, anymore. Had it, and was relative and so forth and so on. Dr. Dr. Frederick Klenner in Reedsville, North Carolina, and you'll read about him in Dr. Levy's book, cured... 60 polio cases out of 60 in his lifetime back in the late 30s and 40s using high doses of vitamin C. No kidding. Wow. No kidding. And uh, you go on and on and on. And and, uh, pneumonia, uh, influenza, blah, 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 blah. I mean, the list is unbelievable, but it takes mega doses and so forth. So you got to read the books because right now I'm just, you know, Sort of like St. John in the wilderness, you know, crying in the wilderness. Nobody's listening. Yeah, I'll look uh, I mean, him up. I, I, you know, it but, sounds but good. If you look him up and, and, and your people look him up and, and one or two of you will read the books and so forth and then come on people. to discuss it and then get him on, it will blow your socks off because just as the IRS is scamming us, the friggin' the government and the FDA and the, and the Food and AMA, sure. AMA, they're all scamming us, Angela, and they're taking I our know. lives. The government takes our the IRS takes our money, and the FDA and AMA takes our lives. Yep, that's it. You know what? We've you got should... someone in line with their hand up. You want to take a question? Yeah, go ahead. All right, anybody else want to ask a question, just press star 8, and that'll put you up in the queue. All right, Ozzy Luke. You've been unmuted. Go ahead. Did you have a question for our guest speaker? Ozzy Luke, you've been unmuted. Is your phone muted, maybe? 
Mm. All right, well, I'm going to mute you back out. When you figure it out, let me know. Right now, uh, One Life to Live, you've been unmuted. Is that you, Donaldson? Yes, this okay. is Donaldson. How are you tonight? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm not too bad. I, I feel comfortable. Good, good. Sounds yeah, maybe quiet. Maybe hopefully it's not are. too noisy. Oh, it yeah. sounds quiet? Yeah, I don't hear it's all that. Well, well you know what it is? There's not, uh, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of a slow day. I mean, I'm still, I'm still in Chinatown, uh, but uh, I just, you hear that? I'm, there's some, some noises right there, but uh, people wheeling around, you know, like uh, produce and things of that nature. <laughs> you got to love wanna, that, right? Uh, did you have a question for our guest speaker? Oh, man. Actually, let me, I, I do have a question. Would you ever eat? At, in 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 a in Chinatown at one of those restaurants, if you knew that they they keep their food outside next to the air vents and sometimes you know pigeons come and peck at the noodles. Probably another <laughs> thing on the noodles too. <laughs> that reminds no. me of the time I was well, I was very young and I went to uh, Laredo, Texas, and went across the border to Nuevo Laredo on the on the on the Mexican side and went into what was like a what I would think of as a little deli, you know, in New York, a style deli, you know, you could have sandwiches in this set. <laughs> and I saw these uh, meats hanging in the in the air, you know, right there. And so I went up to the counter and the guy said to me, you can see, see I was in America, he says, would you like a little kid? <laughs> he was talking about a goat sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> a little kid. Come on. That's hilarious. <laughs> so Ozzy Luke awesome. would love that joke. <laughs> oh, oh man. speaking of jokes i read one today a guy a guy was being stopped by a cop you know he's 89 years old and it's uh 11 o'clock at night and so forth he'd be stopped by the policeman the policeman said uh where are you where are you driving to at this late at night he says i'm going to a meeting that is going to speak to me about the uh the dangers of uh alcohol and drugs and um staying out late at night he says uh Who's giving a lecture at this time of night on that topic? He says, that would be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Definitely experienced there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I guess, let me ask you a, a question. Have you heard, Do you know who NL is? National Liberty Alliance? Of course you do. Who? Uh, National Liberty Alliance? I do not, no. I'm, I'm sorry. It's a, uh, what is it, a national, um, it's kind of like a national committee, you know, um, that sponsor, that support, like the common law, common law grand jury, and, and really, and they, they're, they're pushing for uh, bringing about a common law grand jury in every, you know, county and, and state um, throughout the nation, as many as they can, uh, right now, but there's already an establishment of of civil grand juries, which I'm pretty sure um, are are a ruse merely because of the the administrative uh, nature of things, and so therefore that leads me to believe that the civil grand juries are are nothing more than administrative grand juries where where people come in and then they get instructed on on what the law is 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 supposed to be. And they, you know what I mean? And it's like there's this, this level of ignorance there. But I do believe that common law and civil law 
are um, are somehow intertwined, and and um, I want you to speak to that if you can, um, and 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 what do you think about the possibilities? Well, first of all, let's just say this: if if see in California there's a penal code, okay, that 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 um, prohibits uh, a grand jury from uh, issuing an indictment without ha- having first gone through um, a judge or a local judge or something like that, you know, um, so uh, or state judge, I guess. I, but so 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 I was thinking that a common law grand jury, which is of the people, right, and claiming to to basically be that. A, you know they would have the authority to circumvent the statute ultimately if it was, if they determined that, that that was necessary for that circumstance or whatnot. What's your what's your take on the whole thing? I mean, it's kind of a cool group. They have a um, a meeting every Monday night. Well, uh, you know, just a quick quick off the top of my head answer. Uh, obviously, I'm not acquainted with the particular group you're talking about, but. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of the, the grand jury uh, approach to the problems in our nation that, that's been going on in one, to one degree or another for many, many years. Um, and, I, and I hope that it works. You know, I hope that it, that, it, that it comes around. Anything that gets closed, you know, basically, you know, my own opinion um, is that anything that comes close to freeing the people or awakening the people to the rights that have been taken away from them and so forth is almost by its very nature destined to be squashed by those in power because you're threatening the you're threatening their their base look you know i brought up donald trump early you know early in the conversation here not because i wanted to turn this into a political forum but because trump has one thing that i mean he's not saying in in, in many of the things he's saying He's not saying a whole lot of things that many of us uh, haven't haven't known about for some time. The difference with with Trump is that he has the money and the power to be heard. You know, Hillary Clinton and all the rest, and 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 some of you people may be for Hillary Clinton, and I don't I don't want to knock her. You know, as a, as a human being. Um, you have uh, my permission. Okay, um, but but. But but uh, Donald has the he has the 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 muscle to be heard. And so a guy like that could make a difference. So that's one of the reasons why I'm for him, not because I think he's an angel or a knight in shining armor or any of those other things. He has plenty of defects, as do I, as do all of us. But but he knows something's wrong and he wants to he wants to change it. Now, he may get in there and not do anything like so many of them do. That would be best. But that, yeah, it's like uh, John Benson once said, he says, you know, what we should do is we should have a Congress that comes in and will double their salaries if they go home and not pass any new laws for the next four years. Yeah, two years. I agree. We you know, be money ahead. But I like Donald Trump because he's not a politician. He's not a career politician. But yeah. I don't know how he is as a man, a human being, whatever, you know. I don't either. I don't, and Tom, I don't I'm not in well, I, I do participate. I, I want to, but I can understand why, why people don't, and, and I don't blame them for that. But anyway, um, he has the, the power to do that. And and it was um, when I was in prison, we, we had a 
a a uh, lady chaplain uh, chaplain who was retiring. She um, I bring up her race only because she had been uh, trained by or associated with um, one of her. You know, Ang- Angela Stark is your name, and I'm thinking of, of <laughs> uh, one of the one of the famous um, or infamous um, people in that movement was a gal named Angela something or other. I've forgotten her name now, but anyway. She, he had been, she had been trained by this gal, and this gal said, the only thing that moves anybody in the United States is you must have um, uh, a lot of people behind your movement because without a lot of people, you'll just be whistling in the wind. No one is going to listen to you. And the thing, the thing about Trump is that he's whistling. I know we all know he's whistling, but um, he has a... A lot big. Well, it's like he said. He has a he has a very big megaphone. People have to listen to him because one, he's very entertaining, and the the media love him because they never know what outrageous thing he's going to say next time. And that's one of the reasons he does that because he knows he gets coverage for it. He gets free coverage if he goes out and says ridiculous things. He does that. Yeah. So so for for us to make a for us to make any movement any sizable movement. We have to have a big megaphone, and and I don't have one. Um, I don't know anybody that does. Um, you know, I'd like to say that everybody in the world tunes into Angela Stark every every week, but Angela will probably tell you that's not true because we're we're a, we're a fairly small minority. So when 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 somebody like Donald Trump or uh, or elsewise gets the big megaphone and comes up there and and locks on to our message. I think we will make a movement, but until that point, I think it's pretty pretty difficult. But you Americans know what? To- so, wait a oh, minute, Angela. Go ahead. Hold on, hold on. Um, it's funny that, I mean, you had like 15 candidates running on the Republican side, but you only have one Democrat and one Socialist, really. On, I mean, <laughs> Hillary doesn't have anyone up against her. She doesn't have anyone to to win over. I mean, she's it. I think that the powers that be will make her the president, whether Donald's running or not. I think that they are putting her in the position because she does their bidding. If you watch the videos on YouTube, you can see her answering to the Council on Foreign Relations when she was Secretary of State, saying how convenient it was that they were located right down the street so she could run down there and they could give her her, her orders. <clears throat> you know, that's well, I don't have I don't have any doubt that 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 it's, it's probable that she will get in. I can, but I can say this. Like I said, I'm 76, so I've been around around a fair piece. I think that it's it's possible that this that this election season will be the most entertaining election season that I've seen in my lifetime. And you you know everybody's been against the Trump from the beginning, uh, and especially on the Republican uh, Republican side. But he outlasted everybody, so you never know what this old crazy boy is going to come up with. And I think that's ha- you know if 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 she came if Don if Hillary came to Salt Lake or to uh, I live in Tacoma, Washington now, by the way. Um, if she came to Tacoma, Washington, and Donald Trump came at the same time, I'd go to see Donald Trump. Why? Because you never know what's going to happen with him, and that's why the media loves him. So 
I think you're going to see a lot of fireworks this year, and um, I'm not necessarily hoping that 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 he wins because I don't know enough about him to know whether he's going to do any good or not. But I think he may surprise a lot of people, so it's going to be very fascinating to watch. Yeah, well, he's giving people what they he's giving people what they want, right? Uh, in 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 oral uh, dissertation form, yep. you know, and uh, and and strictly. I think that that's a, definitely what a, a good uh, a good politician should do if they're running for office. You know, if they're trying to get get in, in the office, you definitely want to be name calling, you know, with w- within reason. So he's doing plenty of that. A lot of the other people are aren't. And Hillary's kind of wild with her name calling too, though. You know, she, if you notice. Um, well, so you know not, what? Not, All those other Republicans that were running for president are for for Hillary. If they don't back up Donald Trump, then they're for Hillary. Now think about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's going to be an interesting season. But like I said, uh, back to our back to our main topic. Uh, I think that um, that the common law and the juries and all that sort of thing. You know, the common law juries. Mm-hmm. I doubt that they'll get a whole lot of traction until somebody with a big megaphone is able to get out there and make a big splash internationally and get a lot of people behind it because that's what changes people in our nation. But in the meanwhile, I, I'm very supportive of what they do, well, and I hope that they, hope that they do. Excellent. Thanks for that. I, let me ask you another question. Um, and I, I was on the call the other night, and I asked the question, the same question to the, uh, the other host, uh, and it was whether or not um, we had an American system of law or, or, or um, I don't know if this is even on on topic or not, but I'm pretty sure you're, you sound you sound like that you're educated as to the law. But I thought that I would ask you this question, and and in in that, you know, in and say this in in, in 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 following that up, and just say that in 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 England in like the 17th century they had these the ire right this ire system of law in which the king would actually travel around. Um, to the the and on a circuit to the different towns, and whenever he would show up, the you know of course it would be known as the hundreds, right? Because there's all this royalty and there's hundreds of them that are coming, and it's like royalty coming to town, and they would have courts, um, and mo- it would have basically two different types of courts, you know, one is for penalty stuff and the other one was for like uh, claims courts, contract stuff, but. Uh, uh, the sheriff would have to uh, relinquish his um, scepter of, of, you know, of authority or wisdom or whatever the heck it was, and 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 basically relinquish the power to the king, and then it, he would get it handed back when the king was done with the uh, the procession or whatever the proceedings. But I, I I thought that was kind of interesting in 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 noting that the American system, right, it has the only sovereign is the people, and and that's, I think, the dis- distinct difference between the um, <clears throat> American system of law and the English system is that the, the, this is a country where the people are the sovereign and, the, the, and where the, the sovereignty of the body politic resides in, in the individual citizen, um, if they know that. And, and so, therefore, um, we, you know, we would have to actually come as, as citizens on, in behalf of the body politic to the local sheriff at the municipal level and, and, and really kind of hold him accountable and take his scepter 
away if he's not going to be um, willing to uphold, you know, the fundamental principles for which this country was founded upon. But the question again, well, what do you think? Do we have an American system or an English system of law? Well, uh, I, I happen to have been taught a great deal about on the topic you're talking about by my mentor, John Benson, before he passed away. Um, you, you're, you probably, you may or may not be familiar with uh, the name James Wilson. James Wilson was on the um, one of the justices, uh, first justice on the, on the first Supreme Court of the United States. He was um, a Scot from Scotland, and he was considered the most learned man on the law in the colonies at the time of the Revolution. He was a very, very brilliant man. And um, he said that when you talk about the common law of England, you're really talking about the, the Anglo-Saxon common law, not the common law that was brought over by William the Conqueror when he came to England in um, and conquered uh, the English at the Battle of Hastings. Um, and the, and under, under, the, under the Anglo-Saxon common law, the, 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 which was Germanic in origin, the, the, the king uh, was uh, the king, in, and, you know, and, uh, above all, only in battle. He was not the king in... in um, in everyday uh, doings, he had one one vote just like everybody else. And so originally under the Anglo-Saxon com- common law, they had the court of the shire, the court of the hundred, the court of the county, and all that sort of thing that you're talking about. And and jurisdiction was 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 based on this. If somebody in in let's say the the uh, the the, the uh, shire um, stole somebody's cat or dog or chicken or whatever it may be, you could uh, make a complaint against him in the court. And they would send you out a, uh, uh, an invitation. Now, the court was comprised of, of 12 uh, elders. Uh, at that time, And when this was all going on, it was only men. The, the women were not part of it at that time. So if I say women, you know, Man, I'm not trying to be racist or uh, sexist. I'm just telling you what the history was. Um, and <clears throat> they were the judges and the jury. Okay, they would hear it all. They would hear the case and so forth and make the decision. So they would send out a what we would think of as a summons to, to um, this guy to come in. And if he came in, that would be great. And they would have the court, and whatever decision was made, you know, that was how it went. If he didn't come in, they would send out, at the next uh, uh, session, they would send out another invitation. And this would go on three times. And if he didn't come in the third time, he was then considered an outlaw, that is, outside the law. And once he was outside the law, anybody could do anything they wanted or take anything away from him because he no longer had... He did not have the protection of the law, so he was therefore considered an outlaw. He was outside the law because he had failed to voluntarily submit himself to the um, the jurisdiction of that county or whatever it was, the hundred or or the, or the or the county, whatever whatever it was he was dealing with. Okay. Now, when 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 uh, William the Conqueror came in. 
he brought over with him the system of feudal law from France. He was the most powerful uh, man in all of France because he was the um, he was the Duke um, of Normandy, and he was more powerful than the king at that time. And so he brought over the the French system of law, which is the feudal law, and it was blended into the the common law. And what he did was he said, you know, I won't go through all the history, but but basically said he owned all the land. Everybody else would just take an estate from him, and they would owe him feuds and so forth. And that's where he, a feud was a duty, and that's where you got the term feudal law because it was a duty law. Everything was based upon the land. So so he said that. All jurisdiction came from the king. And so what they would do is when they held, when the king's uh, court held a, a, uh, this is way back in the day, when the king held a court um, and the guy uh, was sent out a summons, whether it was a civil or criminal one, um, he would be invited to come in. And if he didn't come in, they would send it out again and a third time. But what they did to make it voluntary they would often go out and capture the guy that they were looking for, and they would bring him in, and they would tie him down, and they would put a stone on his chest. And they would ask him if he would if he would uh, submit to the common law. If he said no, they'd put another stone on there. And they would continue to put stones on there until he submitted or he died. And so that's how the the jurisdiction of the king came to be voluntary because if you didn't volunteer you'd be you'd be stones would put enough stones we put on you to where you would you would be crushed and you would die but the origin of the common law is as your as your friends are telling you it is voluntary it was always voluntary if you didn't want to be under that common law under the, the law of the of the shire or the hundred or whatever it was where you were living then you didn't have to submit to it, but there was a price for it. You were then outside the law. You couldn't invoke the law to save yourself. So anybody, if I was an outlaw and I happened to have a Cadillac driving around on the roads and you saw it, you could smash me in the head, take my Cadillac and run on down the road, and I couldn't. I had no remedy against you in court. Why? Because I was outside the law. So there was a very high price for being outside the law, and... Um, most people didn't take it, but some did. You know, you read stories about Robin Hood and all the rest of that sort of thing. Um, so that's where that's where that 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 idea comes in. So back to your question: Do we have the English or do we have a, an American system of common law? We have some of the English law, but we don't. We have more of the English feudal law than we do the Anglo-Saxon common law, which is what we really should have and and what was really meant to be uh, had in this country, but unfortunately... Okay, that was an excellent um, answer, so thank you for taking my, my question, and thank you, Angela. You're welcome. Hold on a second. Ozzy Luke is back on, so... Okay. I have I have peanut butter in my mouth, so give me a second. Good, all right. <laughs> okay, Ozzy Luke. You've been unmuted. Try it again. Ozzy Luke. Ozzy Luke. Ozzy is. Ozzy uh, Luke, you've been unmuted. Do you have your mute uh, button on your phone? Maybe. Maybe he's muted, yeah, himself. That's usually what happens. Could be. 
Well, I had Aussie. On hey, mate, good on you, mate. Answer the phone, geezer. <laughs> Wait, that's uh, that's horrible. That's a really bad try. Yeah. Well, it's kind of entertaining if you're from Australia. There's a lot of noise in the background again. Um, Donaldson, so. Um, Ozzy Luke, you've been unmuted. Hello, hello, hello. I don't know what's happening. Maybe he's in Australia and uh, can't hear. The uh, the can't hear down under. Yeah. Oh well, I'll leave you unmuted. So if you come on, you could just start talking. Anybody else? Press star eight if you want to get on the uh, chat. Okay, Donaldson. Oh man, there's a lot of noise now. What's going on? It's not me. I'm muted myself. I know, but when you unmute, I hear the noise. I can tell when you mute and unmute. Okay, so you mute right. oh, excellent, and, excellent. Okay. Well, what I'm trying to do is just talk and not let the noise be too overbearing. Um, Sounds you know. like you're in a wind tunnel. Really? It's you know what it is. It's a stupid fan above me, actually. But um, that'll do it. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of just sitting on some nice in a nice chill spot right now. I feel I feel really good, and uh, I was, you know, um, a lot of it. What I was studying about the grand jury recently was that some of the things that are questionable would be, you know, regarding even even any common law grand jury or civil grand jury would be the the findings of the grand jury you know would be would be questionable you know the reports you know cuz perhaps they don't they don't have all the necessary facts but there is some evidence that is circumstantial or whatnot some unsubstantiated conclusions or you know um could be the basis of a grand jury's recommendations which wouldn't be a very good um you know position to indict from I think you know and so there's a lot of issues that come up I think with 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 grand juries so um, but but definitely the fact okay so here's an interesting point uh, that that happened recently I this judge his name is Victor Wang he's running for office out here uh, as a judge right he wants to be a judge he wants to be a judge so some some prosecutor there you go but I, I asked him if you know, if there was some administrative grand jury in place that would be able to, you know, be like a citizens' oversight group, in, in, in you know, in just instead of the civil grand jury, which I think is is different. Is there a difference between the administrative and the civil grand jury? I asked him. I asked him that, and he actually, his answer is was inspiring because he he alluded to the fact that there was a difference by. By stating that the city was was they had a proposal before the board of supervisors to create a group that would do exactly the thing that I was referencing, which which would be for citizen handling taking basically office of citizen complaints and and probably pumping it full of steroids, you know. Um, so, but uh, so the validity, but still the validity. So this is why I'm thinking like. Yes, common law grand jury, great idea, right? Like it's fantastic, but we have if people really want to get something done on their own and circumvent the agencies and 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 come up with the good ideas and really make, you know, have an empowering experience um of unity and 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 really making this happen together as as the people, they would really want to probably move fast with organizing, so, you know, and then 
also pay attention to what's happening on the local level. So just some thoughts there. Am I still on the thing? Yeah, you're on. Yeah, it. Well, I was just going to say how nice and quiet it was when you muted out. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's it's like you're in a wind tunnel or something, like you said. You should really move away from that fan when you're talking on the call because it would be less annoying. How's this? Am I, I away from the wind tunnel? No. <laughs> how about now? No. It's just never going to go away then, I guess. You know? I guess. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to get underneath but, uh, the table or something. And, I don't um, but I am, I am actually across the street right now. From, so the fans are, are like halfway. I just walked across the block for you. Sounds um, like you're uh, still inside a, a, a corridor with wind blowing through or something. Or? It's, it's really the city. But in, in, in any case, it's, okay. let me tell you a quick story. That the restaurant that I'm sitting behind, Obama, came and visited this restaurant once. And, what did he do? And he, oh, yeah. There's all these pictures of him in the front window. And yeah. he's, you know, hugging the staff and taking, you know, like, you see his smile, Obama smiling like he's going to eat the food. Right? <laughs> Do you, how much would it have been he didn't eat the food? But I just want to say that this same restaurant that he supposedly purchased uh, food from uh, is the one that had the uh, the birds pecking on the noodles that I observed. Oh, it's a Chinese <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, I don't know. I, have, I haven't really written a White House about that yet, but I thought it would be kind of, kind of an interesting... Uh, I don't know if I would do that. It's kind of, I mean, I don't want to take away from the business being done there, you know, but they are promoting, you know, they're promoting really bad food and they're using Obama to do it. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Nobody cares. (laughs) Getting back to politics, I should say, or I want to say that it doesn't matter who wins. If you don't do the bidding of the uh, United Nations and the CFR and the people that are pulling the strings, they will either kill you, disappear you, or do something that makes the people hate you and get rid of you. But uh, it doesn't matter who's in office. And if Donald gets in, which I doubt, only because, you know, we don't get to count the votes, you know, so they're going to cheat anyway, just like they do at everything else. Um, if he gets in by some fluke, uh, they will kill him, or they will take well, him, yeah. or you know, do something to him, threaten his children and his wife and his livelihood. You know, they'll threaten him somehow, and that's how they get you, and that's what they do to everybody. But you anyway, you may be correct. You may be correct. It's unfortunate, but it is true. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been alive a long time too, and. I've seen all the different presidents that they put before us. And they, you know, they read the script that's put before them or running on the monitors, you know, and uh, the people sit back in awe and listen as if it's gospel. Everything they say is a lie. Everything that comes out of their mouths is a lie. You can probably bank that anything they say, the, the opposite is going to happen because that's the way they are. But anyway. Hey Angela, I'm gonna put a. Um, I'm back under that noise if you haven't noticed. But the 
be uh, I put a link in the chat room right now. I know I sound loud right now, but I'm going to put a link in there talking about personal jurisdiction. Okay. I thought you guys were talking about that earlier, and I did put one put the same link in there a few times, but I thought it was you know relevant enough to to uh, address by sticking a link in there. And and what's important about it is that there's a part in there where it actually says you know that you know. It talks about consent, you know, and so that's 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 important when it comes to personal jurisdiction. But it's it comes from where the information comes from is a bar review that I found. I found a, a bunch of legal books in a trash, like a like a whole library of bar review books. And so this is this is the the part on personal jurisdiction, um, and I just thought it was interesting. I typed it out. I reformatted the entire. Uh, an entire textbook. I've been reformatting a lot of documents, uh, putting it in digital form so I can listen to it. But so I'm going to put that link in the uh, in the chat right now, and I, I suggest that everybody take a, take a look at that for entertainment purposes. <laughs> put a smile on your face. Thank you. Are Angela. you on a cell phone? Uh, yeah. So you could go just about anywhere in the in in the area there, right? To talk. Uh, I I could, but it's it's still noisy. Here's what I'm gonna do, okay? I'm zipping up my uh, my bag, and I will go now to a a side street aside from this one because this one is obviously causing a problem here. I'm moving on, okay? Do you have a I car? Feel no, I wish I did. <sighs> wish I did though. I do not. Okay. But well, in the city, you don't really need one now. I was going to say, do the best you can because it's terrible. The sound, it's awful. It's gone. It's annoying. It's awful. Well, now there's just people, right? It's just like nothing now. No, there's still background noise. Well, I'm in the city, so you know what I'll do is mute out. There's a lot of other people that probably want to talk, right? No, <laughs> no one else is in line at the moment. Well, oh yes, there is Money Mike. So, hey. All right. Money Mike, you know what? Don't keep me unmuted. I'll mute myself out here. Okay. Yep. Thank God. Oh, jeez, it's <laughs> like going into an arcade, you know, where all the <laughs> games are making noise, and you, when you get out, it's like silent. It's like, oh, oh what a relief. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> Money Mike, you've been unmuted. Go ahead. Do you have a question for our uh, guest speaker? Let me put my quarters away first here. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> arcade. No, uh, so, uh, yeah, I was just getting into it there. I almost was going to, uh, all right, all right, let's forget that. Um, you guys are talking about taxes or something. Um, is Social Security any, is there any little uh, correlation between Social Security and taxes and stuff? I, I don't I don't know if I'll, I'll be too far off topic with that or not. I got a friend who's got some issues with uh, disability and stuff. I was trying to see if I can use that as as an exhibit uh, in a case that I was trying to build up with her. Uh, well, the the uh, Social Security Administration reports all earnings, you know, that are reported to it, uh, to the IRS, so that if you, if you work anywhere where they re- report your, um, your Social Security earnings, um, the uh, Social Security and, and IRS swap those things. So anything the Social Security gets uh, is going to be taxed, over, you know, sent to the uh, tax boys. 
if that's what you're okay. asking. I don't know if it is or isn't. Uh, okay. But but you're you're trying to you're trying to help this guy avoid some seizure of his uh, social security. No, well, uh, it's a, uh, her. She uh, she's been denied disability about seven times, and I'm just trying to figure a way to go about it. About trying to oh, okay. do it, you know, I don't, without I being. Don't. Is she disabled? Yeah. I don't know much about that. Yeah, she's got a little bit of uh, got a little bit of uh, autism, uh, and Tourette's, and stuff like that. Well, a doctor but, uh, would be able to help her out, right? I mean, I don't yeah, know. make yeah, like get the yeah uh, yeah. I found out that's what we're gonna do too. But I was just trying to see if I could uh, find another uh, alternative in case you know something just happens. But yeah. Well, can I don't jump in here? There's you know no one really enforces yeah. health health code. This is Donaldson. How you doing? Yeah. Excellent, Sounds Donaldson. Great. Yeah. Wherever yeah. you are, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you he's in the Chinese. He, I bet you he's in the Chinese Thank restaurant. You. Uh, actually, it's a store, so it's kind of quieter. But uh, I was going to talk about the health code and how I don't think that there's any real enforcement for the health code. So it's an administrative. You ain't going to believe thing. this. My fan just went on. Oh my God! Now you ain't going to believe that. <laughs> I don't hear it. Now. I can't hear it. Oh, you don't? Oh, okay, cool. All right, go ahead. Uh, my bad. My bad. Go ahead. No worries. Uh, but um, <coughs> that that administratively speaking. Are you good at writing? Because you're going to have, I think, um, to communicate with um, boards, you know, that are that are actually over that. And see what kind of, depends on what kind of um, organization it is. Like, the, what is the state arm? Is it a city? Is it a county that she's in? What, what's going on there with the, uh, the municipal arm of the state? What is it? If you figure that well, my, out, then uh-huh. you'll have a better foundation for how, who to address about your issue. Okay. Because, uh, well, yeah, my writing ability is okay. I mean, I mean, my only, my only problem is my uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, but Hey, that I won't let that bother me if, if I really need to do something about it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, but there's a, a, in, in further, further, um, I apologize for interrupting you, but I feel bad about your carpal tunnel. I re- I can, <laughs> I value typing. I had, I waited, you know, for a long time before I, really learned how to type, so I guess I don't have that problem, so I feel your pain. Um, but um, furthering this, this topic, I think that it's worthy to men- mention um, that San Francisco has a, um, like a board of supervisors, and each, one, each, each um, supervisor is over a different district of, of the city and county, which is a consolidated uh, municipal corporation, okay? And kind so, of like, you know, um, mm-hmm. sorry, sim- similar to like the districts, say like when you see and then like uh, similar to say the FEMA regions and stuff like that. Mm, I mean, I'm not really familiar with that, but uh, yeah, I know. I, I was I just trying to, I was trying to, yeah, I was just yeah. trying to see if that's how they broke it down <laughs> since they were like a corporation and all that, you know? Yeah, not Actually, FEMA, yeah, but it's, the, it's the much social. Like, it's much like a, it's much like a, uh, like a corporation board, really. But it's um, a muni- and the reason why they do that is because they are um, hiring out, okay, um, and contracting out to for services, um, okay, when they need something done. Um, so that's where the the whole posing as government thing comes in. But let's not get on that topic. The thing I was trying to mention was that 
if you figure out where what district she's in, who what supervisor is over that district, that's probably a good person to contact. He may he or his assistant may be able to direct you to someone more appropriate that you can address in letter form. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. What awesome. does our guest speaker have to say? Well, I'm not I'm not uh, you know equipped in that area. I've I have not done much research in that area. Social Security. Well, or disability. You know, yeah, and the disability. I, the only thing I would know to do is go to, um, you know, somebody who has expertise in that area. I don't, but okay. you, know, you need to. There, there are people. I know in the VA, when you want to apply for benefits for the VA, there are service organizations around that specialize in that. They will help you help you do that. And I suspect if you do a search on Google, you'll find that there are people who specialized that for the... Right, uh, there are advocacy groups, especially for people with autism or, you know, whatever condition you might have. And that's what you need as an advocate to help look at Look to your, in your, in your local counties, often there will be a, um, a uh, as, as uh, Angela says, a, um, uh, an advocacy group or a legal aid society or something like that, and they will be connected or you can call your secretary of state or something like that, and they will tell you what, you know, some agency that will help you out on that. If you just put okay. a Google search and put in, you know, uh, Tourette's syndrome advocacy, something okay. like that, you'll get a whole list of different, you know, locations to go to and read up. I mean, if you find a couple of forums on it, that's where you go and ask the people that are dealing with the same thing. Okay, uh, I believe I believe that'll be it for now. Then uh, and then just briefly, uh, in case I don't come back, uh, I believe I might have found uh, found your next guest for a particular time in the future in Donaldson. Okay. Because <laughs> he's pretty he's he's getting he's pretty darn good. So, yeah, but the sound quality sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to say, you know, coming to you live from the uh, whatever wind Chinese tunnel, restaurant in China. Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate Outdoor. that. Thank you. <laughs> Outdoor law, or whatever we we can call it, a new but, show or something. Right. Right. No, this is actually Ted White reporting live from Chinatown. <laughs> no. Hi, this is California Dallas. I have a question for you. Uh, you are awesome. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, you sounded like him a little bit. That's kind of creepy, isn't it? <laughs> you listen to the show bit. long enough, you start doing that. <laughs> he might be on the All call. Right. Hey, who is this guy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. Take care. Uh, I'll yield back. And you too, I'll, man. I'll I'm glad something. On. I'm glad I put a smile on your face at least, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. You not up? me. Right. Here I am looking out the window now to see if you're uh, actually smiling at my face. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. See ya. Thank you, guys, and thank, thank you to you. Uh, thank you to Mr. Uh, oh darn, Glenn I had a name. Glenn. Glenn Ember, Glenn Mr. Glenn Ember. Hey, can I ask you a question? Are you a target individual? Do you consider yourself uh, to be a target? Only, only when I have a target on my head. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm only serious. Right, that's awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, okay. for having, thanks for having me on, and I, I appreciate listening to you all, you guys. It's been great. Well, I appreciate you coming on and spending time with us, Glenn. It's been a while since you were on last. 
So well, I let, thought, let, uh, uh, call me after after June once once he's sentenced, and I'll get, I'll give you a little more data on it. Okay, after June, let me write it down. So, so Angela, can you briefly June tell us who it is that again that we were to, who, who you brought on as a guest so that we we know we would, um, in, in the guest, end of the show? Yes, our guest speaker tonight is Glenn Ambert. He's an expert on uh, the 1040 tax. Used to partner with John Benson in, on his dealings with the IRS. And, and excellent, and excellent. Well, well, let me. Can I ask him one quick question then? Link, his website link is on our website. Right. You go to the guest speakers page and go to the name, and you click on that. It'll take you to his website. But go ahead. And uh, I was uh, I partnered with uh, Michael Ellis too. We we did a lot of research together, and he's going to be on next week, and he's very very good. Mm-hmm. So I, Michael Ellis. Uh, excellent. Another, uh, my, my question is about the in, the word income, and is is do you know about any anything uh, regarding the definition of income in the Internal Revenue Code? Because I had uh, some secondhand information come to me saying that the, that that's not defined in in the code. That's correct. Uh, the courts have ruled there's no definition of income in the uh, Internal Revenue Code, and the reason they can't do that is. The word income is used in the Constitution, and constitutional words have to be defined by the Supreme Court. In other words, the Supreme Court is the only one who can interpret the, the uh, or they're the final interpreter of every word in the Constitution, and the word income is used in the 16th Amendment. And so the definition of income in that uh, context, in a constitutional sense, is... Corporate uh, profit. Is is in the hands of the Supreme Court, so it is not defined in the Internal Revenue Code. The government, because the the Internal Revenue Code is a product of Congress, and Congress can't define the words in the Constitution. Supreme Court does that. Excellent. And uh, uh, um, well, well, you have to come on again because I have more questions for you. So great. I'll be <laughs> glad to do it. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for having me again, Hi. Angela. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. I'll be calling you in June. (laughs) Wow. So, what do we have here? Oh, we're one minute and 53 minutes into the call. So, I guess Glenn was getting tired. (laughs) Hopefully, he'll still be listening. And you'll you'll have some interesting... No? Nope. He's gone. Was, uh, South well, I think I, that is some interesting stuff he had. Uh, he had there. Uh, um, oh great, yeah, you know, he's interesting. Guys, go look at his website. Mm-hmm. He's got lots of stuff there. I mean, obviously, uh, old school, and you know, well educated, and definitely um, getting acquainted with the new school, <laughs> because there is a whole fleet of new school uh, educated people that that are uh, hitting the scene. One of the, th- you know what? Uh, what do you want to talk about, Angela? Because there's a couple things I really have been itching to to share with people. Oh, what's that? I'll let you know. <laughs> well, it's it's this is regarding home rule. Um, I was looking at the preamble for the city and county of San Francisco, and it mentioned home rule. So I started to do some research on it, and I discovered that. 
it, the words home rule don't come up in the in the Constitution at all, the United States Constitution. They're just, uh, I believe that the word rule is mentioned seven times, and home is not mentioned at all. And so when that is more of an institution that is of a state action. It's 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 something that actually needs to be kept in in check when it comes to the protection of uh, citizens' um, rights. You know. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up and see have you ever heard about this this home rule? Have you mentioned? Uh, no. Home rule, home base. I think of baseball. Okay. Well, it's a really viable. Um, it's really actually kind of a popular concept among um, municipalities or cities or counties that wish to have a specific level of autonomy. Um, home rule sounds almost kind of like when I hear, like, say, domestic authority doctrine or self-help rule or something like that. That's. Say that again. I'm sorry. Home rule kind of reminds me of uh, 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 domestic authority doctrine. Okay, that sounds right. It's probably something very similar to that. It sounds. It sounds. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it. Um, Can you I give me extra rights, articles. please? No, sorry. That's funny. Let me see what this is. I'm looking at a couple of articles um, here. Uh, two principles of state restraint, right? Um, but I, I guess the whole point is preemption by the state on the local level needs to be a focus of people who wish to really circumvent um, abuses by local governments. How's that? Is that okay. the thing? I think it's important. You know, I mean, like, common law is a real thing, although... It, and, and we do have a system of, of, of common law, and it's really being implemented at the local level. Um, and it can vary from county to county. The common law varies from county to county, although it has fundamental principles underlying it. Okay. Um, and, and this article entitled, Toward Principles of State Restraint Upon the Exercise of Municipal Power in in home rule is a is a study of state and local relations which includes articles on allocation of government power and the, the superiority of state power including its application and scope um, and so I'm going to go ahead and put this article in the chat room right now and share it with you guys so. boy the noise is ridiculous now there's so much noise. Let me, let me mute No, thanks. I don't, yeah, I don't need no soy sauce. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I unmuted you, Private Bank. 47, you are unmuted. Okay. Thank you, Angela. You're welcome. This is Patrick. Hi, Patrick. <clears throat> okay. Patrick Devine? Yep. Hi, Patrick. Okay. The courts that you're going to Okay, with these judges that have bar cards, they are commercial banking courts. The your court for the county is basically a tribunal court that you get three of your supervisors or uh, 
councilmen or uh, uh, people, they are the de jure court of the county. Okay, that is also classified as the ecclesiastical court that George Washington wanted to make sure uh, was in effect because these courts were not addressed in the Constitution. And he wouldn't sign the Constitution unless the counties had that authority to have uh, the county commissioners or supervisors uh, be the court of the county. Townships also had three trustees that basically settled boundary disputes. And it had to be a tribunal to have a ruling, two out of three, to make the final ruling. The county commissioners have that same capability. You have to call upon them to invoke that court. But you go into any of these other courts, they're commercial, for-profit, and they're foreign bar courts. And they're working for a profit. Yep. Okay? And they never close. And they never close. And basically, they write judgment liens against your assets that you never know about because they're in the court records. They don't go, they're not like a commercial lien, which is in the public uh, record in the county recorder's office. These judicial liens are in the court, and you never know when they're closed or not. Now, basically all property taxes are prepaid. The state holds a certificate of title to your property. You have to go in and invoke the county commissioners and the uh, prosecuting attorney for the county or the county attorney, who is basically the chief financial officer for the county, you have to force them to go and draw the funds from the state, okay, from the state attorney general's office, who is the uh, chief financial officer for the state in this commercial banking system. And right now, all the states of, like state of Iowa, is out there as a branch bank of the United States Bank that was created in 1871. It's a commercial bank. All the constitutions, the state and the United States Constitution are nothing but banking charters. People want to go to the Articles Confederation. That was a failed banking charter because it took all 13 states or 13 colonies to be in total agreement. So they had to come up with a new banking charter that basically was a tribunal or two out of three, two-thirds majority to pass a bill. It's all about banking. Does your banking, and right now we're operating under this commercial foreign banking system. And one of the key documents that you have at your disposal is called the SF 1047 form to get your refunds back. And you process that through the Secretary of the State 
who is basically an account manager for this commercial banking system. Have you done this? Yes. And what happened? How did you come about? I mean, how did you... We had to piecemeal this back together, and we come in as an international organization because when you got your certificate of live birth, that went over to Philadelphia and basically out of your state, and basically that crossed uh, state lines, and every state in this country is classified as a separate nation. Okay? They can't, they can operate internationally, and we can too, because an organization uh, requires to have two persons, and they gave us our second person when they registered that certificate of live birth. Okay? And all these certificates of live birth nowadays are basically on banknote paper, and you can assign the value and turn around, and now that is classified as a warehouse receipt, and you can determine the value you want and process that in with a 1047 form, the SF-1047 form, and this form has been out there since 1973, and it has not changed one bit. And your address is in a, an oblong circle, not in a square box, like most of the commercial forms out here. It's a unique form. And that was what they had to give us a remedy. And that is the remedy if people understand this. And then, as we are an international organization, we were the creditor of America, okay? We the people, we own America. We own the treasury, so we're a creditor. Now, every Inspector General's uh, website, the FBI, the IRS, they all have identity theft uh, documents out here. Why? Because they have stolen our identity as basically being a creditor and taken our fictional persons and turned them into debtors. That's identity theft right there. Because our persons that we create are derivatives of us as a creditor. So how can they turn around and become a debtor? They can't unless our identity has been stolen from us. It's a, it's a funny game, and basically you've got to really sit down and decipher this, how these guys have gone about this. But that's pretty much what I've got to say. Uh, okay. I've got uh, I posted a link up there for my last audio. And basically, a lot of my files are on econcurrent.com backslash divine. Say it again. econcurrent.com backslash divine. And the latest files that I have are in folder 38. Okay. And basically, I'm driving around here. I've got the MSO to my vehicle. I bought it last year. 
I haven't paid any taxes on it. I don't have any insurance on it. I park right in the sheriff's office and everything else. I've got my own private license plate on it. I've got uh, the seal of the eagle with the 13 stars, the 13 arrows, and the 13 olive branches. That's the We the People's Shield. We stand over these government agencies out here. Do you get pulled over ever? Nope. Hmm. And you don't have a license, a regular, you know, state issue. I don't have a regular state license. I don't have a driver's license. And I don't have insurance on the vehicle. I've got on the back of it, not for hire. And basically that uh, I've got a cross on one side and a fish on the other side because I'm also standing in admiralty. One of the other key documents besides your certificate of library or your uh, Bible entry is your original or your hospital birth certificate. That's your original birth certificate, not the certificate of live birth. That is a creation that basically put us in as an international organization. That's on the land. That is your land, life estate, land title. Kind of car do you drive? Uh, what is it? Uh, Ford, whatever. Nineteen. I mean, is it a truck or is it a? You it's know, a. It's a little car? white car. Little white okay. car, basically brand new last year. Fusion or Fission or whatever the hell it is. Oh, cute. Four door. And there's, and there's no license. So when you bought the car, would you tell them? Did you say I'm taking it out of the country or? How did you get the MSO? I came in and basically I bought it uh, with a debit card uh, that I got from the... I applied for Social Security and I stopped it after two months. Well, then I... uh, That was about five years ago. Then I reapplied last year for it and uh, uh, they told me, well, I had about $60,000 coming. Well, I knew right then and there that they kept using, they kept drawing the funds out of my account because they were making a profit off that because they write bonds for those payments. So they have to make their profit. Well, they and, earned uh, interest on it probably, right? Yeah, and they were draw, yeah, drawing interest. And so you else. got a big lump sum of what they back owed you? Yeah, $70,000. Wow. I didn't get it right away. They kept dragging their feet. Oh, well, it's got to go through three layers or three approval cycles to get this. Well, I said, this is bullshit after about two months of that. I called up the Social Security Inspector General, and I said, I'm claiming fraud in your administration here in the process. They would have had it to me in three days, but they messed up my direct express debit card number by one, the local uh, Social Security agent, when I called her up, she caught it, she called him, and basically then three days later, uh, the funds were in my account. Wow. See, so what you do, wait General, when you call fraud, <laughs> basically they will jump because they know everything out here is being operated in fraud. So let me ask you something, Patrick. So. Mm-hmm. 
you said five years ago you signed up for Social Security and you collected it for a couple of years and then you stopped it. How did you stop it? I basically put an order into them to uh, stop it. Uh, that was the, I forget which form it is. Uh, and uh, so after two months, uh, they stopped the payments, but they didn't stop, okay? Yeah, I understand what you're saying there. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, for five years. I mean, they sent you a lump sum. Oh, yeah, so, seventy so now, $73,000. So now you're back collecting it again, or? Yeah, basically I'm getting it every month, okay, now. But I'm going to close the whole thing down here uh, very shortly. I want to know how you stopped it. I want to know how you stopped it. I want to know how you stopped getting it, how you stopped them from sending it to you. I mean, because that's like having a savings Well, there's a form. There's a form out there that you can stop payments. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a, uh, on the Social Security website, there's a form you can stop. Let me go look. Yeah, go ahead. But so I went in there, and I also have got an EIN for an individual banker. And when you get that EIN for an individual banker, okay, and the state has no jurisdiction over an individual banker, I also had to assign who that individual banker was working for and he's working for the Patrick Divine Private Bank, ENT, a state and trust. And the state has no jurisdiction over a private bank either. Okay? Hmm. Because per the constitutions of the state, they cannot get involved in private enterprises or private banks. So you're a private bank now. Yeah, and basically, I turned around and I bought that car under my private bank uh, name, and they said, well, basically, uh, you're going to have to take this down to uh, the uh, treasurer and get the license and everything. I said, "Uh uh-uh, it's not required per the law. And I had them write that on there. Only if required by the law will I have to do that on the bill of sale. And basically, I turned, I gave them the $1,000 rebate that was supposed to come. I said, I don't want any rebates. I only want a 30-day guarantee on the car. The seven-year warranty, I don't want. I can pay for the thing later on by drawing funds if I need to buy another vehicle. So I don't have any warranty. I didn't get the 30-day dealer license on the car or anything. When I left there, there was nothing on that car. And I took their uh, advertisement decal off right away because I'm not going to advertise for them and uh, be claim uh, that uh, they have a jurisdiction over it. So the state has no claim over that vehicle whatsoever. They can't force me into anything. It's just like me going out and buying a tractor and driving it down the road. Does a tractor need to have a license? No. Does a lawnmower need to have a license? No. You can drive it down the street. 
It's private property. But see, we've been misguided in a lot of the stuff out here. And then a lot of people don't understand that everything out here is about banking. And when you start understanding banking, then you can start going after these people, after these courts. We have some protective laws out here because these guys have to operate per their commercial banking codes that are out here, and that's all these codes are, is commercial banking codes. And one of the big ones is 15 U.S.C. Section 1 and Section 2. Section 1 is they cannot restrain our right of free trade and commerce. Section 2 is basically about monopolizing the system. And all these bar attorneys are monopolizing the court systems out here. And they're getting kickbacks, forcing you to have insurance on top of insurance. Because if you have a certificate of title to a vehicle, the state already has basically uh, using that and writing bonds so that vehicle is already assured by the state. And you can take that certificate of title and basically it's got a value on it and cash that thing in using the 1047, the SF 1047, and endorsing it and sending it into the Secretary of State and get the money back that's right there on the top of that certificate of title. We've been standing these courts down. Okay. Yeah, I was just looking at this form here. Request for withdrawal of application. That's from Social Security, but uh, I don't know if this is the one. Is this the form? TOE 420 OMB number 0960-0015. That doesn't sound like the right one. This one is a request to cancel your application for Social Security. And it says here, if we approve it, the decision we made on your application will have no legal effect. You will forfeit all rights attached to an application, including the rights of appeal. You will have to return any payment we made to you or anyone else on the basis of that application. So that's that's not the one. All right. Oh, well. There's just so many many, uh, forms on the site that... And see, that's your money, okay? Well, don't you have a copy of it laying around somewhere? You've got to be kidding me. i got papers all over the place, Angela. I've turned out more papers than anybody out here. I've been to every court in the country. I'm just curious to see what that form looks like, you know, to cancel Uh or to stop getting payments from Social Security. It's very interesting. Oh, I just stopped it, but then I reactivated it again, okay, in last month. How do you stop it? You just... Yeah, you what, you write him a letter, and but you said you filled out a form. Yeah, there was well, a form, form to basically stop it. Okay. Yeah. 
but you don't know what form it was. Yeah, but why why worry about it? Basically, why do you want to stop it? No, I was just curious to read the form itself. Okay. Uh, I don't collect oh. Social Security. I am not collecting uh-huh. Social Security. I but see, that is your money that is sitting there, okay? Yeah. We basically, when we signed up with Social Security, we deposited uh, roughly anywhere from 640 to a million dollars of credits into the Federal Reserve Bank under that Social Security number. We gave them credits. We're the creditor in this country. And see, every time we sign a document, we are giving credits over to them. Now, they don't take that. They turn around and they take our name and they turn it into a debtor on the other side of the form, like a mortgage form. You initially sign on the right-hand side. That's a creditor. Then they turn around and put your name on the other side of a document, making you a debtor, and you already gave them the credits that they're holding them in a budget, in an account off budget that you don't see. And then they get you to abandon it later on. Okay. Yeah. It's uh oh. It's it's a shell game, really, <laughs> is the way it is. I mean, it's a game to these guys, and then basically all these bar attorneys are working for the foreign barons, the banking barons out of England and France. And basically the Pope has pulled uh all protections away from the barons, therefore all the bar attorneys have been uh, uh, protection from the uh, Roman uh, church has been uh, taken away. They've lost all of their protections. And we can go after them and see under 15 U.S.C. Section 1 and Section 2, if they restrain your right of free trade and commerce, Per individual, it's $1 million. Per a corporation, it's $100 million. And you basically put the item into them, and you do a judgment lien against them, not a commercial lien. You give them the three days in a commercial contract, and then if they don't plead by processing your settlement or... Uh, returning it back to you, they have done a judgment, Nellis, I think is the name, uh, in that they have not pleaded uh, for uh, that you, we can't do this for you. Okay? And you are also, as an international organization, you are a government unto yourself. And the Supreme Court has ruled upon this, and also the Congress under the Civil RICO Act has determined that we have the right of uh, private uh, attorney general, and we can prosecute these cases into an Article Three court, either at the circuit court or at the district court. And no bar bar attorneys can come into these courts. 
Well, Patrick, we've gone over the two-hour mark. Okay. I'm going to shut up then. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's all right. I'm glad you came on and shared that with us. It's always interesting. But uh, you come on at the end. It's <laughs> Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt in the middle there and basically get into uh, – I'm not out here to try and get into an argument. I'm just trying to find the truth, Okay. And it's taken us a long time to get there. Basically, we're we're winning in courts. We're stopping foreclosures and everything else now. Good, that's wonderful. I love to hear he about that. He did good. He did good. What? That's another. He did good. Huh. <laughs> he did good. All right. Well, you know what? Okay. I'm going to close it out. Thanks so much for coming on, and uh, thank you everybody for participating in our call tonight. And next week, uh, we're going to have Bob McNeil and Michael Ellis on to talk about their case. should be interesting. And uh, I hope you all have a great weekend. I love you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> commercial. <laughs> no, I'm only serious. Okay. See you next week. All right. Good night. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.